A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, and welcome to the Syrupcast, the podcast where we talk about everything and anything related uh, to technology and mobile in Canada. I'm your host, Igor, and today I'm joined by Ian Hardy, the publisher of Mobile Syrup. What's up, Shake? What's up, Ian? What were you going to say? Shake, man? Shaking, yeah. My mistake. Sorry. <laughs> Not much. Looking forward to this conversation. Thanks, everyone, for joining. And we have Patrick. No, we don't. Patrick's in Los Gatos, California, currently being tortured by Reed Hastings for writing so many articles about how to access American Netflix from Canada. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he'll be back next week, though. Uh, hopefully, none worse for the wear. Uh, today, we plan to talk about Windows 10 Mobile, the Canadian PlayStation VR pricing, and the wireless market saturation in Canada. If we have a bit of extra time, we'll even talk a bit about encryption. Uh, otherwise, before we get into everything, let's have a word from our friend, number six from the six, Corey Joseph. Hey, this is Corey Joseph, and you listen to the Mobile Serve podcast. back everyone so um windows 10 mobile launched this week <sighs> finally finally um how long has it been that we've been expecting windows 10 mobile to launch wasn't it first rolled out in february and then it got delayed and delayed, then it came yeah. back and then it got delayed and delayed and delayed and rumors mm-hmm. rumors and yeah. finally came out which is good right which right. is good for the people who have a windows phone right. yeah um yeah, I mean, I should mention, obviously, Windows 10 Mobile has been out on the the two newest Lumia handsets, um, but for everyone else who's bought, you know, something like a Lumia 640, one of these older phones that's been in the market for a while, you've been patiently waiting with Windows 8.1, um, and now, depending on, you know, your if you bought a, your phone directly from the Microsoft Store or from one of the carriers, whatever carriers still carry a Windows phone, uh, this may be your finally your chance to get um, up to date. Up to date, as it were. Um, so in Canada, the, the number of devices are really limited. Is that correct? For sure. To like the United States or over in Europe, for that matter. Yeah. So I think there's like five or six. Yeah. So the six thirty five one gigabyte uh, model. Um, then we have the Lumia uh, four thirty five, the Lumia six forty, the six forty XL, and the Lumia eight thirty. Uh, in the comments, some people were expressing some displeasure over the fact that one of the older ones, I think it's the 1030. Um, 1020? 1020, my mistake. Uh, is supposedly not going to get an update, but that phone was released in July of 2013. So it's, at this point, almost a three-year-old phone. So I don't know what to say. I, I like. Was there reasonings behind not not the upgrade, Microsoft, or is it just that they're not supporting it? Don't see any reason to do so. Um, to be honest, you know, we we probably need to get in touch with Microsoft and ask them why. Um, I just imagine, you know, I think I think kind of Microsoft's looking forward at this point. Um, obviously, uh, within a couple of weeks, we got. Microsoft Build will be there as Mobile Syrup. That's right. 
Um, so we'll see what uh, Satya and company uh, announced there. Uh, uh, before uh, yeah. we move on to, to build, which is, yeah. which should be exciting. Yeah. I think I think the reasoning behind the 1020 mm-hmm. not getting upgraded mm-hmm. apparently was supposed to be on a later wave of updates scheduled for, okay. for some reason. Yeah. Mainly due to, to the processor, mm-hmm. I believe, and also the firmware. So I'm not too sure. But yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll find out from Microsoft. But mm-hmm. heading into build, which you're going to, yep. which should be exciting, exciting, not only because it's San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So... Um, what do you think we're going to see at Build? Hololens. <laughs> okay, so you're so you're most excited for Hololens. I don't. I wouldn't say. I mean, most excited. I mean, I'm not quite sure. Uh, Mary uh, Joe Foley and you know her company. Uh, obviously, you know the really big Windows insiders. I haven't really seen them say much about what to expect from right. Build yet. Um, we'll see. Uh, hopefully, you know, uh, they announce something to the effect of where, hey, this is our plan for Windows 10 going forward. It's yeah. not just, you know, gutting Nokia, what's left of Nokia even more or something like along those lines. Um, obviously, you know, within the past couple of years, um, Microsoft has really kind of shift focus and is just putting its apps everywhere, whether yeah. it's iOS or Android. Yeah. Um, that kind of, you know, they're kind of trying to... I mean, it's interesting, the... Um, Galaxy S7, one of the things it comes pre-installed with, I mean, I made a joke about it last time, was, you know, you were talking about uh, your brother, I believe, and Excel sheets. Yeah, uh, it's his board games, or it's his video games. Excel Excel spreadsheets are his video games. Yeah, so the S7 comes with Excel and a bunch of other office suites pre-installed, right? Um, and that's the case with a bunch of other phones that, uh, or Android OEMs, I should say, where Microsoft has, you know, they've said, you know, you're infringing on patents x y and z we won't sue you if you put right. all our software on right. your phone right? right um so that's kind of been microsoft strategy over the past couple of years it's obviously working great because you know yeah it's a, it's certainly a new direction for them and mm-hmm. because if if they can't make a a viable mobile operating system yeah. windows mm-hmm. uh, or windows 10 mm-hmm. they have to get their products and services and make revenue from other areas. For sure. Um, and also keep their brand going strong, too. Yeah, I mean, uh, our friend, Mike Strabinas, you know, who, whom yep. we interviewed earlier this week, uh, one thing he constantly says anytime you talk to him is like, um, and he provided this anecdote when I interviewed him, was he's like, every tech vertical is like an Olympic demonstration sport. Uh, it might not be around for the next Olympics, and people might not even care about it, but there's a podium and it's global and you want to be either number one or two. And if you're number three, tough luck because no one remembers number three. Uh, ah. um, but you really want to be number one or two because especially in tech, we see it right here. Apple and Google dominate right. the mobile market, right? right. Um, and Mac- Apple particularly is one of the few companies that makes money off of mobile. Uh, Google does obviously as well, but all these other Android OEMs uh, aside from Samsung, do not. Uh, but Microsoft has found a really interesting way to be number three in this. Where it, I think, in uh, you know, I've read some things where um, Microsoft has made as much or more money off of Android right. than Google yeah. does, just because it's been so smart about getting its services on these phones, right? And and also their their patent for Android that, that yeah, they the patents. Uh, you know the uh, cellular patents that they own 
Uh, they've been really smart about leveraging them. Uh, has that turned into Mindshare where people are really passionate about Windows 10 Mobile? No, but you know, I think for Steve Ballmer and all the other uh, board of directors and shareholders on the Microsoft yeah. board, they're happy because they're yeah. still making money hand over fist. Yeah, they're still they're still uh, they're they're not struggling. They're not struggling. That's but but when uh, when Windows Phone market share in Canada, I mm. assume is really low. Yeah, like probably around one five percent, maybe. I I think even yeah one I think pretty low, right? Because um, it's probably uh, Apple. Android specifically Blackberry. Samsung right? yeah, yeah. Um, um, and it's unfortunate because Blackberry kind of dropped from a few years ago but that as expected not just in Canada globally they their their market share mm-hmm. dropped mm-hmm. Um, so who knows how many people have a Windows phone in Canada who are upgrading to Windows 10 mm-hmm. um, but it's still great you know I, at least Microsoft didn't abandon these people right totally which is you know I mean speaking about Blackberry you know, you wrote about the Facebook article uh, mm-hmm. where Facebook, you know, decided to uh, deprecate uh, several APIs that would allow BlackBerry to develop uh, their app, uh, the Facebook app for BB10, right? And that, right. so now it's just a mobile version or like a, a, right. a wrapper around a, a website, right? So thankfully, it hasn't gone that far for Microsoft. <laughs> uh, but, but do you think it will get that far for people who own a Windows phone? Um, I think, you know, BlackBerry and as much as we love BlackBerry in Canada, I think they're in a significantly different place than Microsoft. You know, we just said, uh, thankfully with, with, um, Microsoft, they have so many other businesses aside from their mobile division, right? That, you know, their Azure cloud, uh, their office division, those, uh, parts of the company make money hand over fist, I think, you know, very, very strong. And, you know, even the one of the few companies who's figured out tablets is Microsoft, right? Um, it's interesting, you know, our, our dearly departed friend Patrick, uh, for this week only, um, he always likes to write about um, when the Toronto Star releases uh, statistics about StarTouch, right? And right. how it's not working on mobile, or excuse me, on Tablet. tablets. Um, yeah, Microsoft here, seemingly they've got it figured out with the Surface tablet. Yeah. Well, what, what what they do well is they target their their, their market to an enterprise market, like a mm-hmm. business market. They know their market, right? Right, and yeah. that's how they and that's how they continue to make money. They have their mm-hmm. their different services like uh, the Excel and Office and all that stuff. Yeah, as you said, they found a way to implement that mm-hmm. within Android on devices. So mm-hmm. uh, and and they market that accordingly. Yeah. What's interesting, as you spoke earlier about, is about Hololens. Mm-hmm. This is this is a Generally, a new area, and that is one of the sexiest headsets For around, sure, yeah. right? Designed beautifully, ex- apparently, the experience is amazing. Yeah. So how how is Hololens different from, like, let's say the PlayStation VR? Uh, so fundamentally, uh, Hololens is an augmented reality uh, headset versus a virtual reality headset. What's the, and so, what's, the, what's the difference? So it's right there in the name, augmented. So it changes reality, right? So you still, when you put on Hololens, you have that visor, right? And it doesn't completely block off, block you off from the world. Um, instead, it shows you a different kind of vision of it, right? So what it does is, let's say you're a doctor. So one of the things that uh, Microsoft is always uh, one of their tech demos is uh, someone will be able to see like uh, a scale model of a person's anatomy 
with HoloLens, right? Where they'll be able to see like the organs moving and stuff and like the blood flowing through the veins, the heart pumping. Um, So going right into what you said about Microsoft targeting the right uh, market, that's where HoloLens fits into it, right? Like you can see really specific apps being developed for HoloLens where it's like, I don't know, let's say it's a Toronto condo developer where they can walk into a room and they can see where all the piping needs to go, all the wiring needs to go through the walls, right? Or it's like mapped out for them when they put on HoloLens, right? So there's a kind of really cool applications like that where it makes so much sense in an enterprise uh, market, right? Or like a doctor where um, they can get some kind of information overlay while they're doing a surgery, right? Like uh, instead of having to tilt their head to look at uh, a person's vitals, the HoloLens could feed that right into their into the display, right? So that the doctor knows the second, you know, there's like a new regular heartbeat or something, they know exactly what they need to do. So there's kind of really cool applications with HoloLens there that um, with VR, it would be kind of different. I mean, I should say we've heard of, I've read of doctors using uh, Gear VR for surgeries as well, where they, you know, they have a camera that's inside a person's body and they're getting a feed into hmm. the VR. So they're, I'd say maybe complementary is not the right word, but they they fill similar uh, purposes, but they kind of do it just a slightly bit differently. Um, so that said, you know, HoloLens is still a couple years out uh, and, I, you know, I, I think we saw something like the... Uh, the developer kits were going for $3,000. So um, that kind of just puts it, I think, in perspective how much of an enterprise, excuse me, play this is as opposed to, you know, something that you and I will have at the office to help us with our work. (laughs) That would be amazing. We should look into that. But it's going to ship to, to, uh, the developer edition is going to ship in Canada March 30th. Wow, so soon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's coming soon. But but it's, it's interesting because when... I tried on the Gear VR, the Samsung Gear, Gear VR, a few months ago when, it, or I guess a year ago now, mm-hmm. when it first launched. And I put it on, uh, and I was sitting in the office, mm-hmm. and I immediately went to the uh, theater view. Yeah. And it was it was really cool experience because you can you can watch a movie, you mm-hmm. can it physically. Uh, takes it, it. It feels like it physically takes you out of your current experience. Yeah. Into a new experience, which which is all great. Mm-hmm. Um, but but when I was in the experience, I was in the theater, mm-hmm. and I was all alone in the theater. For sure. Yeah, right? yeah. So I looked around, looked down, looked up, and no one was around. So I, not only did I feel really lonely in a theater by myself. Yeah. But the experience when I when I took myself out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, disorienting totally right? disoriented right yeah yeah so i guess what you're saying with the augmented reality is more could be more inclusive to a certain extent for that, sure to, like depending upon the application but even there you know that might be a uh, not like a worthwhile distinction because if you think about it so the major player with vr one of the major players anyway is facebook right, right. so um in that specific scenario where you were talking, uh, you were talking about being in a theater alone. It's really easy to just kind of think a couple steps ahead and see how that experience will be in the future, where oh, totally. everyone who's wearing 
an Oculus VR headset within like a given Can area will be in that theater virtually, well, right? And it's like such a weird experience, right? Well, uh, if, and again, a few weeks ago, I went to a Rogers event down mm-hmm. at the ACC, and Mark Messi was there, which was cool as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they put together a VR experience mm-hmm. for the NHL All Star Game, and yeah. you can also be in 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 the arena. Like right down on the ice, or you can ride a Zamboni, which is really awesome. So, yeah, the experience that I had like a year ago or so compared mm-hmm. to one I had a couple weeks ago of was, course, yeah. was vastly different. Yeah, so that tells me how far in such a short period of time that VR has gone mm-hmm. and how much uh, people believe in the experience, right? Mm-hmm. And then you got to walk through the dressing room, which I've never done before, but I felt like you were, you were, you were part of it, right? Yeah. Um, and also the media scrum, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. So the the experience uh, today is really great. Imagine mm-hmm. a year from now when more developers will be on board, when the mm-hmm. when the platform will be developed more. Yeah. Right? So um, Suhei uh, Yoshida, who's the um, uh, CEO uh, and group president of Global Studios at Sony uh, Computer Entertainment, he said. We're in this together. Uh, when he was he was doing an interview with The Verge uh, with Andrew Webster, who's from Toronto, um, but he said, you know, we're in this together, which I think really plays to that fact where you'll see, you know, you see Samsung and Facebook uh, and by extension Oculus working together uh, to make this experience great on uh, the Gear VR headset, which is interesting because. Gear VR is obviously a competitor in some way, uh, not like a complete competitor just because they're in such different price ranges to Oculus, the consumer Oculus VR headset, which is coming later down the year, right? Um, but obviously, Sony also launched, or excuse me, they didn't launch, but they announced pricing, Canadian pricing specifically, $450. Uh, a lot of money. And how does that compare to others? Like the Gear VR is like 150 bucks. Yeah, so I think the... It's obviously less than the other headsets. The interesting thing here, specifically in Canada, is that it's more than the PlayStation 4. Uh, the PlayStation 4 in Canada retails for about $429 right now, depending on the uh, retailer you go. You may be able to find it for a bit less, for a bit more, depending on sales and so on. Um, so, one, it's more expensive than the console itself. Um, I think that partially has to do with um, PlayStation 4 would probably be more expensive in Canada. Our friend Patrick, he actually... Uh, the PlayStation 4 started at $400 in Canada, uh, but they raised it to $450 uh, partway through uh, when the Canadian dollar started dropping. And Patrick was uh-huh. one of the few, uh, one of the first people to break that story back uh-huh. when he was at the Post. Uh-huh. Um, but consoles typically, they their price always goes down, right? So I think what's interesting about the cost of the PlayStation VR in Canada is that Sony has significantly adjusted the price. It's three hundred ninety nine or two ninety nine dollars, excuse me, in the U.S. Right, so, so one hundred fifty dollars more. Yeah, they've significantly adjusted the price. Um, whereas the PlayStation Four in the U.S. is only three fifty. Right, so it's not that huge of a difference between the PS Four in the U.S. and Canada as opposed to the difference between the PS VR in the states and Canada. So I think that's kind of the more interesting thing. The other thing is that you need the PlayStation camera. Right. which doesn't come with uh, the PS4. You have to buy it separately. It's about $60. Uh, 
Uh, Sony sent me an email today where they just told me they were going to launch a launch bundle where you get the camera uh, and all the controllers you need. So there's the two move controllers and that's $700 altogether, right? That is quite a bit of money right. to um, So it's still less than the Oculus and the Vive. The Vive is like at the extreme end because it's yeah. a couple thousand or excuse me, it's like a thousand hundred. Um, and that doesn't even... Ca- bring in the fact that you need a really strong PC to be able to use these uh, uh, headsets. I mean, obviously with the Gear VR, you also need a really good Samsung headset, right. or a handset, excuse me. Um, in Canada, you know, the, right. the Edge, $1,000 unlocked, right? right? Or not unlocked, excuse me, off contract. Right. Um, so, early days. <laughs> yeah. Long way of, you know, long way of saying it. It's just that they're all expensive, right? Um so the PlayStation VR, where does it fit in? It's kind of the, it's a weird place where it is because it's like the affordable expense of that, right? Because um, it plugs into the PlayStation 4, which is um, pretty powerful for a console. It's certainly the most powerful console of the three that are on the current generation ones that are on the market right now. Um, but, you know, the issue with the PlayStation VR is it's an accessory, right? A really expensive accessory um, for, you know, for a couple of games that we don't know how many games are going to come out after this initial one because it's so important with these headset that, or for accessories on consoles that there's kind of an attach rate where, you know, a developer can look at this and be like, hey, there's like 10 million of these headsets out in the market, right? It makes sense for me to invest this money to make this game because I'm going to get return. If there's only a million of them in the market, yeah. right? Like, you're just like, oh, I don't think this is worth our time, right? So isn't, that's... Isn't yeah. there going to be about 50 different games? Yeah, so obviously... Launch? Yeah, so... I mean, games is such an inclusive term, right? Like, what is um, one of the... So Sony sent me the release I mentioned earlier and then said it includes this game called PlayStation World VR. And I looked into it, and it's five games from their London studio. Um, But they're all, like, what you would call, I think, vertical slices, where it's just, like, it's showing you what this is, like, what VR is about, right? They're not fully fleshed-out games. So, So you wouldn't go back and play them? Yeah, you might play them for a couple of hours and then just be like, wow, like I spent $50 right. on this. Is this really worth it, right? right? Um, so I just want to temper people's expectations. 50 right. games, <laughs> like, we don't know how long they're all going to be. We don't know how like comprehensive they're going to be, how compelling they are. Um, we don't know if there's going to be 50 uh, games in 2017. Like if uh, a lot of people, if people don't buy this headset, that's seven hundred dollars you spent on something, and you're not getting back that money, right. right? So, um, it's a really, really risky play. By imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, ninety-six percent replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a thirty-night guarantee. Plus, get fifteen percent off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Sony, but probably one that they needed to make, right? 
Um, well, yeah, they, they have to compete with their competitors, right? Right. I mean, they're very much ahead in the console race right now, so they could have played it safe, but, you know, kudos for them for just like, nope, this is what, you know, this we're making an investment in our future, right. so let's do it, right? Well, it's interesting to see, it will be interesting to see what the adoption rate will be. Mm-hmm. Um, by, by no means do I, do I see that they're going to drop off and stop making games or applications mm-hmm. like... For example, like Facebook is going to drop off and yeah. you know, not develop BlackBerry stuff, right? Yeah. So, but I think what you said is really mm-hmm. correct. It's really early days, right? Yeah. And there's no clear winner yet. It's going to see mm-hmm. what's the best experience and who's going to mm-hmm. work with other people to make it a great experience. Yeah. Right. So, and I think it's interesting. Uh, I mean, I think I told this to Patrick before, but I don't think we're going to be close to seeing who a winner is until Apple potentially enters the race. Um, oh really? You think? You th- well, so well uh, they 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 gotta launch an electric car first. I mean, so I mean, Tim Cook in their last financial report, he was asked about VR, and he kind of played it very subtly, and he was just like, "I think it's cool. It has it's not a niche, and there's definitely very interesting applications, and just that's he what he left it at." A couple of uh, days later, we heard a report that said Apple has a huge secret team working on their own headset. So really. Yes, so um, I think they're just waiting in the wings to do a very Apple-like move. It's going to be the next the greatest thing in the world. That's you know that's what Tim Cook is going to say. He's like, we've solved all the problems with VR. Here it is. This is why you should buy Apple's one. Um, and I mean, just think about the iPhone. Smartphones existed before the iPhone, but the iPhone made smartphones cool, right? Like that's right. Uh, it didn't have a lot... The, when the original iPhone launched, it didn't have a lot of the features that other uh, smartphones had at the time, like cut and paste. How long did people complain about cut and paste? Years. Or, years, right? So, years. But yet... It, I remember that. Right? It was crazy. It was, it, was, it was... People were complaining, why can't I cut and paste my iPhone? And then when it came out, we finally brought cut and paste. <laughs> and, and, and they had a commercial. Yeah. Was actually a commercial on TV that well, showed you, cut and paste. So if I can bring it back to Windows phone for a second do you remember when windows phone launched it launched without cut and paste i do not remember that uh, so but that was like a big deal right like microsoft who was you know people already saw as behind back then launched this os that didn't have cut and paste yeah right so uh, i think it was the mango update that uh brought uh windows phone or excuse me cut and paste to windows phone one one of the first smartphones i ever owned was mm-hmm. a moto x okay yeah um i think that's what it was called Mm-hmm. No, it wasn't a Moto, Moto X. X. It was a, a Moto Q. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And it was such a gorgeous looking device because it was mm-hmm. so thin and it ran Windows Mobile mm-hmm. uh, back then. And it yeah. did everything I needed to do at the time. Yeah. Uh, I think that was in 2002, yeah. maybe. And it was amazing. At that time, mm-hmm. uh, BlackBerry was so powerful in the mm-hmm. market. Uh, they had such a strong presence in Canada. I remember uh, the, the Pearl back mm. then was really prominent um, with, yep. with all my friends because um, you could use a trackball. Yeah. Trackball. Uh, and then eventually the trackpad came, yep. which was amazing at the time. Mm-hmm. And the device was so so small and so thin. Yeah. You had that, that whacked out keyboard. Um, mm. And eventually the QWERTY keyboard came. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that leads us to a great discussion that um, mm-hmm. on... Earlier this week, we posted, courtesy of our, our good friend Nav, 
He said, is the wireless market in Canada saturated? Yeah. Uh, which is such an informative topic mm-hmm. uh, because in 2008, when all the new wireless carriers came into play, mm-hmm. um, it was really Rogers Beltels and their sub-brands mm-hmm. um, who dominated the market in Canada. Mm-hmm. And then WinMobile, Public Mobile, Mobilicity um, came in after buying Spectrum in Canada in 2008. Mm-hmm. And there was this fierce competitiveness within the market. Mm-hmm. And it was all about price. Yeah. Like, how are we going to get more subscribers, right? But how can we um, offer more uh, more value at a lower price? And the competition mm. was massive. So in this article, um, it was really about what are the carriers going to do to attract new subscribers? Because the saturation has reached a point in Canada. Critical point, yeah. Yeah, where they're, they're, people they're, already have a smartphone. So mm-hmm. what are they going to do? And, and more specifically, the carriers are just trading subscribers, right, at this that's, point. That's yeah. exactly correct. Yeah. So, because um, there's about 28 point, I think what the CRTC said mm-hmm. in, in the last monitoring report in 2015, 28.8 million wireless subscribers. That's yeah. probably increased since the report. Mm-hmm. And I think the amount of population in Canada is about 35, 36 million. Yeah, 36 million, yeah. Um, so there's about 7 million people that based on population mm-hmm. that don't have a smartphone yeah. or don't have a wireless device. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are the carriers going to do? How yeah. are they going to attract new people? Mm-hmm. What do you think? So it's interesting. Like um, One argument I saw people making why they couldn't get over 80% was um, the Canadian market is different because there's so many people that live in quote-unquote remote areas of the country. Um and, you know, we sat down and looked at it and it's something like 75% of Canadians live within 100 kilometers of the U.S. border. Uh, moreover, 80% live in um, urban areas, which is among the highest in the world, right? Um, so it seems to me like it's an interesting correlation. 80% saturation, 80% in urban uh, areas. It seems like everyone in the cities has a smartphone or a wireless device, right? Because right. it's so much, it's, it's such a part of modern life. What these carriers will do to go beyond that, I'm not, you know, I'm not quite sure. Like, they have a pretty tough problem ahead of them, right? right. Um, I guess I'm not really sold on this kind of bundling that we're we're seeing. Like, um, I was, for personal example, you know, I was contemplating uh, switching uh, from Rogers to one of the other carriers, uh, and I was thinking about doing this when the bring your own device plans were still a thing, right. <laughs> which a couple months ago are no longer a thing anymore, right? right. Um, so what is what is the incentive for me to switch? You know, like the reason I wanted to switch was... Yeah, why, I, why did you want to switch? Because I want... So I pay around $100 for my Rogers plan. And do you think that's high? Uh, for two gigabytes of data a month? Uh, okay. I think so, that's quite high, yeah. Okay, so you're paying 100 bucks for two gigs. Mm-hmm. So you're saying the value you... You, you were getting for the $100 is not enough for you. It's not enough, exactly, yeah. And so, um, you know, I could have gotten two gigabytes at TELUS um, and, you know, lowered my kind of voice plan to just like the bare minimum because who talks on their phone anymore? Right, right. <laughs> But you need to get one because they, you know, they'll never sell you just a data plan. Right. Um, and fair enough, right? Um, and it was something like I could have gotten for like $65 a month. Um but I just didn't act on it, right? Um, just but, because, you know, personal things kind of got, you know, my personal situation. So kind of got into like, 
you know, there were more important things to focus on than my plan. Right. Um, but now I look at it and it's like, well, what do I could, I guess, go to Fido and get a month, a uh, year of Spotify premium, <laughs> you know? Um, but I already have a Spotify account, right? Um, so again, you're saying the value is not enough there to convince you to switch. Yeah, it's really unfortunate. Like on these carriers, they just don't compete on price because you know they, I guess, have a gentleman's agreement that might be, or uh, you know, who knows? An unsaid agreement. An unsaid agreement, or Although all a tacit plans, agreement. Yeah, to, all the plans come out at the same, same time. time. Yeah, <laughs> to just not compete uh, on price, <laughs> yeah. and uh, I mean. I remember, you know, when I was looking at different plans, I went to Bell and the salesperson there said quite flatly, you know, we don't compete on price, but we do have Canada's best network. Right. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. And what, like, is that a really great selling point? Like, I feel we're at this point where these networks are good enough, right? Especially right. on the big three, like, I think speeds and coverage for more, for the most part are like pretty comparable. Right. Uh, if there is a difference, like I don't think you're like, God damn it, like I should spend five extra dollars to get on Bell's LTE Advanced Network. Right. <laughs> yeah, because you're because you're probably well, you you live in Toronto, you live yeah. in the city. The the, the networks are, the networks are fast. Yeah. And whenever you're at home, you're probably on Wi-Fi. You're at work, you're on Wi-Fi. Yeah. yeah. So depends how much. And then when you go home, you're under in the subway, so you're not connected regardless. Yeah. Except if you're on wind, your yeah. last coverage in there, then you're then you're golden. Yeah. But I think what it comes down to, especially if you're looking to potentially switch, is that, and what goes back to this uh, market saturation, mm-hmm. is that how are the carriers going to not only differentiate themselves from each other, but provide that extra value? Mm-hmm. If bundling is not it, because that's been a thing for ages, yeah, years. Yeah. Then what is it? Is it new? new services Mm -hmm. uh is it offering free stuff like Mm -hmm. spotify stuff which you said doesn't work for you in my specific circumstance it might in other people's right like who don't own a spotify account right right you know so um i mean it's important to all these like you know say that (laughs) yeah for sure yeah so um it's it's certainly interesting because because you're right they they do have a tough a tough road ahead of them and how they well to be quite honest, they've had, you know, it's the kind of dry spell after uh, after a bountiful harvest, right? Like they've had, they've been making money hand over fist for a couple of years now, um, thanks to the likes of Google and Apple, you know, creating this very disruptive device in the market. Um, so I think in some sense they had to, you know, they had to see this coming, right? right. So... Um, I don't know what like what else is there to say like well, you know. pe- pe- people want a yeah a price drop like yeah they want to they they, they want to save money the carriers want to make more money. money yeah so it's in this fine balance of what to do yeah so I mean if you remember I think was it part of the internal document or uh, sorry it was a financial report uh, from Rogers I believe where they kind of justified raising the prices they needed to protect their average uh, revenue per user, right? Right. Um, And, you know, I just... Obviously, as publicly traded companies, they're under pressure to... From shareholders to make more money. To make more money, right? But they might quickly come to a point where, unless they figure something out, their growth might stagnate, right? And in 
capitalist system, stagnating growth is like the death knell, <laughs> right? You, you know? Well, uh, you're a big baseball fan, right? Mm-hmm. So Batista, mm-hmm. uh, he's looking to sign a massive contract, right? Rightfully, sh- so, he rightfully should, yeah. Bat, bat flip and all. Yeah. So he said... I'm. I know what's going on at Rogers, which owns the Blue Jays. Yeah. Because I see how much money they're making. Yeah. I see how much uh, growth was attributed to the Blue Jays season last year. Yeah. I want to get paid. Yeah. So it's interesting because Rogers did a lot of that on mobile. Mm-hmm. They shoved everyone to watch to watch the game from their mobile device. Yeah. So Rogers' data went up for users. Mm-hmm. Um, and Batista and probably other Jays players say mm. we want to reap the benefits too. For sure, yeah. So, uh, and it's not just in baseball. Um, Rogers signed the NHL for twelve and a half billion dollars, yeah. so they got to make that money up. Yeah. So it's interesting to, to to see how their nine million subscribers are paying a portion of those profits off. Mm-hmm. So Rogers, to some extent, and also the other carriers too, mm-hmm. they have to find these new ways to to get the content, but also. Mm-hmm have their subscribers pay for that content also still make money yeah so if it's if it's not the content that's gonna mm-hmm. bring people to Rogers or mm-hmm. or whatever if it's like Crave TV on Bell mm-hmm. or on the other carriers or Show Me or whatever yeah um, what will bring customers to the carriers in, in a new fashion mm-hmm. apart from dropping rates right because we've seen that with wind mm-hmm. Wind had lowest rates. Yeah. It might change now that Shaw, that Shaw owns them. They're probably going to increase their prices, mm-hmm. which will have another result mm-hmm. in customers saying, oh, we want the old wind back, right? Yeah. So at, at $100, bucks, mm-hmm. the, the 100 bucks per month, which is probably an average because that's yeah. essentially what I pay as well. Yeah. Um, telecom is an essential service these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are using less landlines. Mm-hmm. So a wireless device with 80 some odd percent in Canada, mm-hmm. uh, it is essential service. Mm-hmm. So we all pay a hundred bucks a month on average, probably less for some in different areas. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I remember when you first hired me here, one of the first stories I wrote was about how much people gave up to have wireless access, you know, they were cutting food and like, you know, it was bonkers, bonkers, right? So that they could get access to uh, a to, smartphone, right? Like they Snapchat. Were, or, no, but I mean, you're being, I think, facetious, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, for it is essential service, like, you know, for some people, that's how they find their next job, right? Or like how they keep up with their family uh, overseas or, you know, like there's so many smartphones are such an important part of our life because they do so much, right? It's a computer in your pocket, right? So then do you think a hundred bucks a month for all that is, is expensive? Um, I mean, I definitely think so, right? Like, so uh, to go back to what I said earlier, you know, one of the comments that keep, keep uh, kept coming up in Nav's piece was, you know, the like, it's telecom 101 like people live in like there's so many canadians living in remote areas well that's you know the stats say that's not true right most canadians live in an urban area or at least they live very close to the border right so um yes there are those canadians who live in remote parts of the country but for the most part for these carriers to get coverage across the majority to the majority of canadians it was not a huge investment right like 
they just put up, at least from my point of view, I could be totally wrong. You, well, let's put yeah. that in context. A yeah. huge investment in, in what point? Money? Money. Or right? time? Billions. Well, billions, right? Billions of dollars. But that's, a, you know, that's, that's a big investment. But they also got some help from the government. Government, right? So, um, but, you know, how do, like, you know, there's these um, carriers like Eastlink and uh, Saxtel MTS who operate in provinces that are much more sparsely populated than Ontario, for instance, um, or Quebec, and yet their prices are pretty, you know, competitive, much more competitive than right. the big three, right? Um, and yet they seem to do a fine job of connecting all their customers uh, who, as I said, you know, live in much more remote communities. Um, so, you know, the other thing, so yeah, all of that to say is, I don't know, like, how much that argument sticks for me, right? Where, you know, the fact that we pay so much for our wireless service is a byproduct of it being so expensive to build out wireless coverage in Canada. So the average uh, plan, mm-hmm. I just got this in, infographic, mm-hmm. um, the average plan with a heavy user with 10 gigs of data or at least one gig of data mm-hmm. uh, in Ontario is 75 bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, this is on Bell. Mm-hmm. Uh, Saskatchewan is 50. Yeah. Uh, Manitoba is 45 and Quebec is 60. Yeah. So Ontario is the highest, obviously, because the most pop- population. Mm-hmm. But as, as you go uh, west or east, it gets, uh, well, west is a little bit cheaper, mm-hmm. in part from Vancouver, obviously. Mm-hmm. And Quebec is kind of in, in the middle. Yeah. Um, which, based on population, is probably really accurate. Right. So these are the, I mean, you know, these are the provinces where. Most Canadians live, right? Yeah. But but it's funny. Regardless of where you go, mm-hmm. and people that we've talked to across Canada, mm-hmm. one of the major complaints mm-hmm. across the board is not only telecom, mm-hmm. but how much they're paying yeah. for telecom services. Yeah. So I I, I spend as as you probably do. Mm-hmm. I spend hundred bucks going out for dinner, mm-hmm. or going for drinks on St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. Which I wish I. Did last night, but didn't. Mm-hmm. So to put in context, I spend way more on entertainment than yeah. than I justify on a phone bill. Yeah. Right. So it's interesting when you hear sixty bucks, oh, too much money. Yeah. But it's essential service, and the value you get for that sixty dollars mm-hmm. is so totally much out, outweighs. Yeah. Like the the few the few Ryan Cokes that I have. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's something that I have with me all the time. It's something that I need, mm-hmm. especially if my wife says, "Hey." Um, the kids are sick. They're they're up chucking. Mm-hmm. I need you home. Yeah. So I totally pay a hundred bucks for that. For sure. Right. Uh, so so it's interesting. So it goes back to like how are the carriers going to keep this momentum going, mm-hmm. uh, and and make it valuable for their customer, which is the people paying for their bills mm-hmm. and paying for their paychecks every, every every month. Right. Yeah. It'll be interesting. So so what we'll be talking about next week, mm-hmm. and that what Nav is writing for us, um, who's a tremendous tremendously great writer he's he's going to dig deeper into this and what mm-hmm. and really give a, a good thorough indication of what are the possibilities mm-hmm. for for these character carriers and, and what's next for them mm-hmm. so so look look out for that next week mm-hmm. um it'll be really interesting to see to yeah. see what is next especially in canada otherwise next week uh, we have the apple event obviously so that's going to be exciting we'll it's see on monday uh, it'll be really great we'll see the 4sc and what that's all about five um, 5SC, excuse me, yes. 
Um, but you never know. Four yeah. SE could could come. You know, who knows? Maybe um, the the magically might drive the car in there. They may. Who knows? Um, so yeah, we'll we'll be back next week. Hopefully, our friend Patrick uh, survives his trip to Los Gatos and Cupertino. And then uh, after that, we have Build. Yeah, Build. Uh, so we'll see whether Hololens is truly the future. Uh, what you know, Nadella and Co have uh, in store for us. Hopefully. Not just like Windows 10's over, guys. No, it'll be great. It'll, it'll be really exciting. So, so we'll yeah. bring you more build content, more Apple content. Yeah. Uh, we have Patrick going down there, as you said, which is mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. Any shout outs this week? Shout outs to Nav. Thank yeah. you very much for that great article. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patrick uh, with Reed Hastings. He, he went down there just to give you guys an insight. Pat, Patrick went down to Netflix head office mm-hmm. uh, for a real in depth look at how Netflix works, mm-hmm. why they're doing some of the things they're doing, especially for VPN stuff, Yeah, uh, what products they have on, on the go. Mm-hmm. From a Canadian perspective, they didn't give many details because mm-hmm. uh, um, what Patrick said to us is that... Um, they just they looked him in the eyes, they laughed, and they're like, we're not sharing Canadian numbers today or yeah. any regional numbers for that yeah. matter. Um, <laughs> and then they're like... Sorry, <laughs> Yeah, he's yeah. yeah. He said no. We're 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 not going to give you anything. But it's not just Canada. It's it's glo- global. Yeah. They just don't give any details on that respect. But yeah. it's interesting to see what Netflix is doing, especially from a content perspective, mm-hmm. and how their original content has really taken shape over the last year. Like I yeah. I, I stream Netflix every night. Mm-hmm. It's it's Fuller House. Not just Fuller House. Are, <laughs> not just Fuller House. <laughs> Uh, House of Cards was amazing. It was great. Daredevil season two launched this week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I, I like the first one. Yeah. To be honest, it wasn't something I'm screaming back towards. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, we'll see. Yeah. yeah. Fuller, fuller Fuller House for the win. Yeah. Anyway, thanks so much for joining us this week and have an amazing weekend. the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 